this is part two of my interview with Dr. Bruce Blanding. And this is primarily focusing on the educational components, so I hope you enjoy listening. Now, our credit courses, that's the transfer and the occupational, those two categories, we enroll uh, fall semester somewhere in the neighborhood of just under 5,000 students. That makes us the largest college in the area by far. There's nobody even mm-hmm. close to us. Uh, but we don't, people don't think of Jackson State as a large college. Yeah. But the fact is we have a two-year program and we have close to 5,000 people. And that's just in fall semester. You know, if you add the total number of headcount over the years, it's, it's fairly significant. Um, but we're, we're way under where we should be. So we're constantly okay. striving to because, and, and the reason is, we, again, we have 400,000 people in our service area. Yeah. So we need to be reaching out to more and more and more of them. So. What do you think the, the ideal number would be? I mean, obviously 430,000, but in a, you know, what do you think your, your real capacity is? Uh, let, let me say it a different way. Uh, let me say it a different way. Uh, the, the governor, uh, Governor Haslam, has, has looked at our workforce. And, and remember that we, uh, when you look at your workforce, so this, is a, uh, this is what makes or breaks a community, um, a region, a state, whatever it happens to be. It really affects industrial recruiting. If you have an effectively prepared workforce, uh, then you are a player. If you don't, then you then you're not. It's, it's, it's not complicated. So what happens is we have a we have a mega site over yes. in Brownsville. Yeah, and uh, Kyle Spurgeon talked about that on a previous podcast. So go back and listen to the Kyle Spurgeon podcast. And Ky- and Kyle and Kyle understands very well the the significance of that uh, of that uh, facility. If in fact we were to land a um, large um, manufacturer like Nissan in mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee, they're going to need a lot of workers. Like Volkswagen in Chattanooga, like. Toyota up in Georgetown, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a transformation here that just will be mind-boggling, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, but they're, they're going to look at uh, a decision to, to spend a billion dollars you know, to build a plant here. They're going to look at things like what's the tax structure, mm-hmm. uh, what are the utilities like, and I serve on the on the the governing board for that for that uh, thing, and we go through all these stuff, mm-hmm. things on a regular basis, and they're going to look at all of those things. But when it comes down to actually making the final decision, what they're going to say is, can we get in here and make our product and make a profit? Absolutely. And that depends on the workforce. Yeah. So it's imp- imperative on us as Tennesseans to make sure that we're ready and able to mm-hmm. do that. Now, that's the big wow doesn't have to be the big wow it can be an additional 200 at kellogg it can be 150 at delta it can it, it's yeah, any up. of these places it all is the same thing and it all has that kind of positive impact on on our well-being mm-hmm. in this region so we are always trying to make sure that our workforce are prepared uh, yeah. we we have just to give you a for example uh, uh, jackson state community college has the only in the state of tennessee cybersecurity program in the state uh, we wow. work with the Secret Service and the FBI in our computer science program. We train the trainers. We train the trainers. Now, mm. folks don't even know about that. No, I've but never can, even heard of that before. They can come out and they can become, they can develop a level of expertise in cybersecurity, which you know is a big yeah, deal. Absolutely. Big deal. Absolutely. If, if our systems get shut down, whoa. Yeah, we're uh, done. Cybersecurity is not a little matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. We are, we're number one in that. Not kind of, not sort of. We get millions of dollars a year in from the feds in terms of training and you know, a variety of things. People want to come out, this is the place to be. We can do it. Now, um, 
when you look then at, at those opportunities in the community, then you have to ask yourself, how do we get that done? The, the governor said, we're going to do a thing called Drive to 55. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Catch, catchy little tune. Yeah. I remember when Nixon came in with Drive to 55. Drove me crazy driving 55 on I-40. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying I go over 70, but I am saying 55 is pretty daggum slow. Um, so what happens? We, we have a Drive to 55. What that means is that our goal by 2020 is to have 55% of our workforce population have a, a post-secondary degree or certificate. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, around here, it's about 17 to 18%. Mm-hmm. So to get to 55%, whoa, yeah. this is a major challenge. So when I took back to your simple question, yeah. I didn't know the crazy yeah. answer. Your simple question was how big is big or when is a, what is a good size? Uh, one of the things we're striving to do is to make sure that we play our part, mm-hmm. and that, that goes with all public and private higher education institutions are participating in this thing. But we play our part to make sure that Tennessee has 55% of our workforce age population has some level of post-secondary degrees uh, attained. Mm -hmm. It can be at the TCAT, the community college, public university, private university or college. But but we need to do that. Why? Because we are competing against everybody and their brother. And we want businesses here because we all win if we do that. Right now we're in great shape, but we can. But it never stops. You have to constantly be going forward. Well, that that'll bring us to talking about what's next, and we're going to do take a break and come back and talk about that. So you're listening to our Jackson Home. And we're back with Dr. Bruce Blanding, the president of Jackson State Community College, and we are talking about what's moving forward. You know, what we've kind of started talking about the Drive 55 and things. One of the things that's helping that and in, in pushing our state forward uh, was somewhat of a controversial legislation with the, uh, the, the Tennessee Promise, uh, which I always saw as a really great thing. And I'm sure you're, uh, I would think you're in favor of it because it's bringing a lot of, should be bringing a lot of students. But can you talk about the Tennessee Promise and what it's going to do? Yeah, let me talk about Tennessee Promise, and, I, and I'll wrap it around some other kinds of things. Mm-hmm. We, we left off with Drive to 55, yeah. and, and because these, these things have a common thread through them. Mm-hmm. And, and the common thread is that we want to make sure that a higher education in the state is being as effective as it can in terms of the interests of the state, for, for, for sure. So what, what we did was we took a look and said, okay, what's, what seems to be the issues? That what, are we, what kind of challenges are we facing? The biggest overall challenge is that, is that we're not graduating enough people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make it real simple. It's just not enough people are getting uh, degrees. So we said, what can we do to change that? And we, we passed a law back in 2010 called the Complete College Tennessee Act of 2010. Interesting. In 2010. Appropriately yeah. yeah. Um, what that did was it said, it, it, it focused a little bit the Tennessee Border Regions activities in terms of how can we do a better job of graduating more people. Mm-hmm. So instead of our, our old formula for funding from the state, which we never have enough dollars, but I, I could spend a long time <laughs> on that. But, but the way that they computed that thing was they said, how many people are in a seat in a classroom on the 14th day of the fall semester? A snapshot, if you will. All right. Didn't say anything about how many were there on the 15th day. Yeah. Or the 17th day. Or when, the how many off? people were walking yeah. across the stage when they were supposed to be getting their associate degree. It was an enrollment-driven model. Now, now the argument is that you know it d- doesn't matter how many people sign up; it matters how many people finish. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you're running a um, a marathon, 
You know, I used to run a marathon. I'm uh, way too old, but well, actually I'd probably win because I'm 70, so my age bracket. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, it, it's like when you run a marathon and, you you know, your goal is to say, I don't want a DNF behind, behind my name. I don't mm-hmm. want to, did not finish behind my name. Okay, it's, it's that same kind of thing. We want people to not, to not, to not drop out, mm-hmm. but to succeed, to complete whatever it is they're trying to complete, certificate, diploma, degree, what have you. So we, we, that was the focus of uh, what we were doing, and we, we changed the, the appropriations formula, we did some other kinds of things, and that had some effect, some positive effect. It's changing some of the way we approach our, the whole process of what we do. But that's not enough, and it's not, it's not big enough or fast enough, either one. So we've done some other things. Did we've they got, find one thing that was, like, if there was there one clear thing that was preventing people from finishing? Yeah, if there's one clear thing, it's system. It's a systematic problem. For example, if I take courses at an associate degree institution, a community college, and transfer to university, and they don't take 30 credits, problem that's a problem yeah. that's a big problem mm-hmm. uh, if I if I go between institutions back and forth and every time I lose credits that's a problem mm-hmm. if they if the programs don't match up then that's mm-hmm. a problem so there's all kinds of system issues that we have to deal with what if somebody goes to my institution they get uh, 48 credits uh, they need 60 to graduate they get 48 credits they go to the university they end up taking the same courses they would have taken at my school but they never get that associate degree why don't we do a reverse transfer? Say, hey, you get those courses there. Hey, bring them back here, and we'll give you your associate degree. Hmm. So what I'm saying is we need to look at what we're Be doing and ask better. ourselves the question, how can we do this better? Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to knock down the obstacles that the students have when they're trying to get through school. Remember I said we take everybody. Mm-hmm. That means people have got an ACT of 12 or 13 or 14, which mm-hmm. means they, they have to take a developmental class, a math class, an English class, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just leave them by the side of the road. We want to do that so that we can help them succeed so we're changing that so we don't have it you got to spend a year in developmental now you take your college credit class and at the same time we work with you to make sure you can succeed in that class okay so those are different things Mm -hmm. so we're constantly looking how can we do it better one of the things we've got going in higher education is the, is the fact that we have a governing board called the Tennessee Board of Regents, mm-hmm. six universities, 13 community colleges, 26 technology centers. The six universities are very different in nature. Mm-hmm. The University of Memphis is what we call a Carnegie One institution. That is to say, it's a major research institution, okay. a doctoral degree granting institution. Um, there's, there are other institutions. Um, East Tennessee State University has a medical school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they, they do all of the MD training in, the, in our system. Um, Austin P is uh, is primarily focused on baccalaureate and the some level master's degree. They're not heavy in the doctorates. Mm-hmm. MTSU likewise. So they're, they're, each institution is quite different one from the other. All of them are different from the community college because remember what I said earlier is we are an open door institution and they are selective institutions. Mm-hmm selective admission institution. So what the governor has said is, you know what, we need to focus like a laser beam on the community colleges and the TCATs to make sure that that workforce element mm-hmm. is really handled well. We can sometimes get lost in TBR because TBR is dealing with university issues. And they get the press. And, and they, they get, get the university. And they also, you know, they're the 500-pound gorilla in the room. So yeah. if University of Memphis wants something, I love you guys. If University of Memphis wants something, they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to get it. Let's be realistic about that. Just like UT Knoxville, they're going to get it. Yeah. But in the you meantime, guys are the workhorses. And in the, in the meantime, we, we don't necessarily, what, what, what ne- takes care of their needs 
doesn't necessarily take care of our needs or yeah. vice versa because yeah. we're so different as an institution. Mm -hmm. And it's not that one's good and one's bad. It's very different. We operate in very different universes. So what the governor's done is recognize that. Now, they've already got that in Kentucky. A number of years ago, they did a, a combine their uh, community colleges with their technical schools. They call it Kentucky Community Technical College System, KCTCS. The community colleges used to be controlled by the universities. And the governor said, no, we're going to take them away. The university said, no, you're not. <laughs> governor said, yes, I am. Guess who won? Okay, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so, so what he's doing, what J uh, Governor Haslam's doing, is saying we're going to take the universities and have separate governing boards for them mm. that'll focus on what their needs are. Yeah. Now, that's fair. I, Sounds I like a great idea. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Michigan, we had the same kind of a structure as that, and it is a very workable structure. The community colleges and the tech, tech centers uh, are going to be under the Board of Regents. And then we, in turn, are going to focus our issues on workforce development. Mm. Uh, not only, and that doesn't, doesn't mean we don't transfer, I don't mean that, but I'm saying we're going to be the primary um, workhorse mm -hmm. for the workforce development activities in the state. Uh, uh, that is, that to me is a win. Now, yeah. There's going to be all kinds of excitement because people resist change. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I don't care what it is. It can be the most wonderful thing in the world, but, oh, it's, it's different. different. I don't yeah. know. You know. Different is scary. Yes. What do you mean I have to drive a big fancy car instead of an old jalopy? Well, I don't know about that. I might get it scratched. Well, you know, <laughs> change is something that we resist. Mm -hmm. But but uh, when I looked at it, uh, at the governor's proposal, um, uh, you know, obviously things can, you know, the devil's in the detail. Yeah. But if it is anything like what he's talking about it's a very good thing it's a very good plan doesn't mean that there won't be um, uh, bruised feelings along the way and then at some level mm -hmm. of confusion but overall I think for, for the state of Tennessee it's a really good idea mm -hmm. because it will help us I think achieve this drive to 55 now it doesn't mean we don't work with the universities our students are still going to transfer uh, we're, we're going to be doing the same things as before mm -hmm. But from our point of view, and, and this is the community college now, my students transfer to U of M, UT Martin, Lane, Fried Hardeman, Bethel, Union University, uh, and every place else you can think of. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they go to, tend to go to some of those more, but they go to any of them. And frankly, I'm happy wherever they go. Mm -hmm. We had some of our chemistry students uh, last year uh, were directly admitted into Union's uh, pharmacy program. Mm -hmm. uh, we are very proud of that. That yeah. is fantastic. And those people are going to do very well. It's a wonderful program. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, some of our students uh, obviously are going to Lambeth, uh, the U of M Lambeth, and they're doing very well. UT Martin, we have a a very strong agreement with them, particularly in their agriculture program. They are they are top notch in agriculture. Mm -hmm. Tennessee State University also is, and we have mutual agreements. And if a student wants to go to one or the other, that's fine. As long as you go, we, we don't, yeah, you you pick it, but uh, go for it. Uh, but come to us first. Um, anyway, so those are the changes that are going on, and that that's what's happening. And to, to my view, it's going to be beneficial. The other thing we're doing, and this is more back to home. And, and what we're doing here, and this is, uh, uh, was, was through the good offices of the Ch Chamber of Commerce, uh, Kyle Spurgeon and, and his colleagues at the Chamber, said, you know, we have for a number of years had a plant managers group that meets on a regular basis and talks about common issues. Uh, a few years ago, those of us in higher education in West Tennessee tried to get that going with, with higher education, and then there were changes and, you know, the Lambus thing that happened and all mm -hmm. the other stuff that went on and different CEOs left and came, kind of went by the boards. 
Uh, so they said, what do you think about getting together and doing that? We said, hey, that's fantastic. So we have a monthly meeting, mm -hmm. a monthly meeting of the chief executive officer of the TCAT, U of M Lambeth, Union, Lane, Jackson State. We get together every month and we talk about commonalities. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how many things we've already come up with our staff are getting worn out, but we've come up with where we can work together yeah. for a better Jackson. Uh, it, it is a fantastic opportunity for us to collaborate. And here's the reason, you know, when it, when it comes to size of the institution or the number of students we're serving, we're so far behind in, in the level of education as to what I think we should be at, mm -hmm. that every one of us could double in size, we'd still be, we'd still be falling short of the mark. Mm -hmm. so, so I don't care if they go to Lane or Union or U of M Lambeth or, or TCAT, as long as they come to us in line. Yeah. <laughs> but the biggest part of that is that, that all of us can have dramatically more students and, and it can be to the betterment of the, of the, of the areas, the communities we serve. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, some of those other schools have quite different missions. Uh, Union, perfect example. They take people from all over the world for crying out loud. I mean, they're 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 very global in their yeah. their recruiting of students. Uh, Lane is a very spe uh, specifically oriented kind of an institution, historically black university, uh, that is one of the oldest in the country in terms of what they do and and the the, the population they serve. Uh, we have similarities. Uh, both Lane and Jackson State serve the least among us. Our students are poor. I mean, really poor. Seventy percent of my students are are on Pell, mm -hmm. uh, financial federal financial uh, assistance. Um, but uh, we also have unique differences each institution to the other. So Absolutely. when we look at ways we can cooperate, it's really remarkable. Uh, we just put together a program, a mentor program for sixth graders, and, and it, it's really phenomenal. Um, we had our kickoff over at Union, and, and all of the CEOs were there, mm -hmm. and our staff jumped on it like you couldn't believe. And of course, they did the work, but, uh, but the fact is uh, we're starting this program, and the reason for the program is pretty simple. When these kids are sixth graders today, someday they're going to be in your high seats. school graduates. Yeah. We want them to realize the importance of higher education and we'll find a way to help them get where they need to go to achieve their dream. And one of the ways that people are going to get there is the Tennessee Promise. That's correct. Could you talk about that a little bit and what role it's playing? Absolutely. Tennessee Promise was another uh, idea that the Haslam administration came forward with. And, and, the, and the premise of Tennessee Promise is to take away this feeling that a student has in 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth grade that, you know, my parents didn't go to college, I can't go to college because none of us do. Jackson State Community College, our typical student mm -hmm. is a first generation college attender. Mm -hmm. That means nobody in their class went to college. They, it's not in their psyche and they, they don't grow up thinking I'm gonna go to the university of. Yeah. They grow up saying that's for other folks to go to. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, today you can't do that because you need the skill set that you get at post-secondary education. Mm -hmm. And so that's why places like Jackson State are so valuable because we serve those folks big time. Now, what Haslam did was he recognized that. And so he came up with Tennessee Promise. And, and Promise is pretty straightforward. It says, look, if you graduate from high school and, you, and you're doing okay in high school, and I don't mean rocket science okay, I mean just average okay, you can go to college. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to worry about it financially because we'll pay for it. Yeah. And so anybody graduating from any high school in the 14-county service area that we have is going to be eligible for Tennessee Promise, right? I promise. Yeah. And that means that they can get, uh, they can get the financial uh, tuition taken care of. Now, 
the first thing they do is what we call a last dollar scholarship. Mm -hmm. So if you get full Pell, you're not going to need Tennessee Promise because full Pell is going to cover tuition, books, et cetera. If you get Hope Lottery, you might or might not need Tennessee Promise. Mm -hmm. It depends on how much you get and what your costs are. But what the state is saying is if you go to a TCAT or you go to a community college, we will ensure that you don't have a financial block or obstacle in terms yeah. of tuition. It's free. Mm -hmm. um, how do you beat that? I mean, you don't get any better than that. Are people, it's only been around for a little while now, are, have it, has it started? It started this year. We're in our first year of it. And, of course, the obvious question is, are we bursting at the seams? Um, in, in, the, in our service area, we already had a last dollar scholarship activity going on. Okay. A guy by the name of Jim Ayers, mm -hmm. uh, an independent businessman from uh, 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 Parsons, Tennessee, great guy, um, graduated from Riverside High School, went to U of M when it was MSU, way back mm -hmm. when, um, and became a businessman here, did very, was very successful, in, and now he owns a, a, a First Bank, and, uh, First Bank uh, throughout this region. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Ayers started the Ayers Foundation, and at Riverside High School, he went to those students and said, you know what, you graduate, I'll make sure you can go to college. Okay? Mm -hmm. And he went in the junior high level, and he hired counselors to work in the schools and go to the students' homes and talk to the parents. Say, look, I know you didn't go to college, that's okay, your kids can. Mm. Your kids can, and I'll make sure that they don't have to worry about paying for it. We'll get it done, okay? Yeah. Now, they also were, are very aggressive in going out and finding sources of funds, but mm. if there's no sources available, he writes a check. Mm. That happened at Riverside High School. And then he expanded it to Scotts Hill High School, mm. okay? Guy over in uh, uh, East Tennessee replicated that, and they called it, uh, uh, what did they call it, uh, Noxa cheese or whatever, I forgot what their term was. A guy by the name of Randy Boyd, and... Who's now the Tennessee Commissioner correct. of Economic Development. Yes, and also involved in that was a guy by the name of Bill Haslam. Haslam. Okay. Okay, so they replicated Jim oh. Ayers, right? Then um, all of our, our, eight of our 14 counties which are represented by the Southwest Tennessee Development District, the, the development district developed a program called REDI, R-E-D-I, mm -hmm. and that is a last dollar scholarship. So what am I saying? The majority, of opportunity. then Jackson, Madison County, had Madison Achieves. Mm -hmm. So we, are, we were already there. So, so when Tennessee Promise came in, it didn't have as dramatic an impact on us okay. because we were already doing less dollar scholarships. Okay. Now, we did get a bump, but nothing. because the people knew about it. Yeah. Now, but Motlow Community College, which is over to our east, uh, it, it is um, uh, south of Nashville going down towards Alabama, uh, they had a 20% increase in enrollment. Wow. Yes. How yes, you, wow. Wow, 20% is wow. How would you handle that as an institution? That would be hard to handle. Uh, actually, uh, when I worked at College of Lake County in Chicago, uh, we regularly had 15 to 20% increase year after year after year. When I worked at Miami-Dade Community College, uh, we had 75,000 students, and we would have uh, 15,000 more every year. Now they're up in 125,000, 135,000 range. Uh, the answer is you can handle it because you're set to handle it. Community college is a different animal. It's not your stereotypical university by any a stretch. Of, a lot of part-time professors. We have, we have adjunct professors. Uh -huh. and, and For example, my area is of expertise is business, management, accounting, finance, that, that area. So I, when I was a dean uh, and I was responsible for hiring faculty, I always had a cadre of people out there, and go back to Chicago, for example. Mm -hmm. I had uh, two guys who were presidents of banks in Chicago, 
and they wanted to teach and it certainly didn't need the money but they yeah. just it, you know it, it was a fulfillment to them and so i had them teaching principles of accounting fantastic how are you going to get somebody better prepared than a bank president yeah uh had to work with them on teaching but that's okay i can do that that's yeah. that, that that we can get but uh, that kind of expertise and knowledge and awareness of what it's all about so when when we were talking about accounts receivable and the different ways you categorize accounts receivable they knew because some, one of them served on the aicpa board uh or the, i'm sorry the principals board it doesn't matter uh, but th that's that kind of thing so what we do is we we are always looking for ways that we can handle any increase in enrollment mm -hmm. that comes by you have to be very fluid the other mm -hmm. side is things change i told you before i was a key punch uh, yeah. guru <laughs> back in my day my first my first data processing we called it data processing in our day my first data processing course that i taught was on a, um, um, uh, a computer I hate to even use the term computer, that you turned <laughs> it on and it had a black screen with a DOS prompt. Mm -hmm. You had to write a basic program, and I'm not talking about the language basic, but just a very basic program, in order for that thing to do anything. And then we got a floppy disk that we could put in a machine we thought we'd died and gone to heaven. Now, this was yeah. like, whoo! <laughs> anyway, and now when you see what we've got, I mean, I've got a, a phone that will ring while I'm driving down the road in a car. I can't yeah. figure that out to save my life. <laughs> totally different kinds of things. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't teach COBOL, Fortran, RPG anymore. We get a package that's already done. Mm -hmm. it's, it's totally different. Uh, systems analysis, we don't do changes, that, that, but it's constant. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the long and short of it. So. so one last question. We'll close on this. How can uh, us Jacksonians support Jackson State? I, I think that the I think that the overarching um, principle uh, is to value education. Mm. Uh, we we need to impart uh, on everyone in our society, young and old, uh, that that education makes a difference. It makes a big. It made a difference in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, Without an education, I can tell you that I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just simply no, no two ways about it. I know from personal experience, growing up poor, uh, that, that it's a whole lot better to have a meaningful job and, mm -hmm. and to, be, to, to, to be doing something that you really enjoy doing. Uh, I, I know that education is invaluable, but that's something we have to get everybody to buy into. And Absolutely. honestly, people don't. Uh, it, it, it's it's uh, it's really difficult to explain, but when you stop and think about folks that say, "Well, it doesn't matter," well, it does matter. Mm -hmm. It really does. If you want some a better life for your children, and your children's children, education makes a difference. Public, private, high school, post high school, whatever it is, be involved, and and take part in that process. Uh, we're working right now with Jackson County Schools, yeah, Madison County Schools. Uh, so that some students, the ones who are able and interested, can actually earn up to an associate degree before they graduate from high school. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Why? Because, because you know, the, the world out there accelerates. And the more knowledge you have, the more prepared you are to succeed in the world of work. I, it, it's not a complicated formula. If I went out now, I, I, back in my day in 1963 when I was a high school dropout, as a high school dropout, I could go into the car plants and I could support myself. Mm -hmm. Can't do that now. Mm -hmm. I, I went and joined the Marine Corps. I can't do that now because you can't join the service without a high school diploma. And you're not going to get a job in those car plants because they're not as they're scarce as hen's teeth. Yeah. So what happens is if you do go in there, they, they have an expectation that you're going to be able to do some things. And you, you have to be able to do that. 
Um, uh, perfect example again when you look at some of the some of the plants here in town. You look at the skill set that they have to have in order to, to help that company make a make a living. It's it's pretty pretty significant. Mm-hmm. We can help them get there, whether it's uh, robotics or pneumatics or hydraulics or electrical or whatever it happens to be. Those are the kinds of things we can do. So to the community, I would say value education in everything that you say and in every way that you do it. Encourage people to sort out and seek out. And if you if you don't think that you're welcome, you sure are at Jackson State. Come on down. Dr. Blanding, thank you so much for coming on today, and uh, we—I uh, would love to have all the all the see all the education folks on one time. Oh, you couldn't handle it. We we don't we wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> we have to get a few more mics, but it would be a lot of fun. So, um, well, thank you for coming on, and uh, hopefully, we've enlightened some people about the importance of Jackson State's role in our community. Yeah. And thank you. We're proud to be Jacksonians, and we're really proud to, to serve Jackson. This is a fine community, and I, and I got to tell you something. We we don't we, we have to stop every once in a while, take a breath, and realize how blessed we are. This is a fantastic place to live and work. Well, thank you for helping make Jackson a more amazing place, and for choosing to call it home. So, from uh, from our Jackson home to your front porch, this is the end of the podcast, and we'll see you soon. listening to the second part of our interview with Dr. Bruce Blanding. Today's podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by me, Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Co. To find out more about The Co., visit their website at www.attheco.com. To find out more and to find out more about how amazing Jackson is, visit ourjacksonhome.com.